Hey, Matt. So welcome to episode 25. Hey. And I understand that you have something that you found interesting for us to talk about this week. So what is that? Yeah. So I found, uh, I had stumbled upon some of the F1 driver fitness routines and kind of how they keep themselves in shape for the season. And I thought that was really interesting. So I wanted to go over some of that with you. Does this include like food, like diet and fitness diet, their workout routine, all the whole nine. Yeah. Well, this should be interesting. That's always a fun subject. Yeah. Well, interesting. Let's, let's hear about it. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So first off, massive disclaimer here, like massive is this is a very, very high level overview and by no means comprehensive. All right. So this is just a yeah, general. You're, so you're you're not a medical doctor. You're not giving medical advice. Correct. Anything we say before you try it on your own, check with your own physician to make sure it's right for you. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. This is just to give a general idea of what most of these guys go through. So. Okay. So I, I get, I think I understand where you're coming from. Like we know that these guys all are fit, yeah. but. Yes. They're not muscle bound guys. So they're, you know, there must be something they're doing to prepare themselves for Formula One and. You know, so yeah, this will be interesting. I'm I'm all ears. Yeah, so I figure I figure we'd start off with a little bit of trivia because I know you love that. So, <laughs> so right. First up, who were the pioneers of conditioning training for F1 drivers? The pioneers, who in the sense of it? Well, it was always it was always known. It two individuals in particular. It, it was always known that being physically fit was obviously useful and desirable, but there were okay. two guys in particular that ah, really pioneered it. Well, okay. I'm going to think that Bernie Ecclestone has always been, you know, seems to me in good shape, and he's been around since the early 70s or before, so mm-hmm. I, I think Bernie might be. And then there was a doctor that was heavily involved in bringing safety into formula one and he may have something and i his name was sid watkins so yeah. i'm gonna throw his name out but... okay see i would have guessed him as well but it okay. actually these two are actually drivers former drivers oh okay in that case that changes it yeah and if they're pioneering and they're drivers and they're talking about fitness i would think it's too early for like jackie stewart's era but yeah later than that actually yeah i would think it would be you know what i'm gonna go with michael schumacher that is one of the two you are correct okay the other one was before him well barely so well then i'll say it was senna it was senna (laughs) yep oh wow so it was first senna and then and then michael schumacher was kind of led the charge with that so okay he kind of idolized and i think you know wanted to race against him yeah a lot of people do yeah so okay well so that shows how modern it is in other words yes it is actually a quite recent thing uh i mean recent as in you know 30 years but you know yeah so the the main thing that was interesting is like why why does fitness matter right and so i found some of these statistics about what these guys are subjected to every single race and so, again, in a kind of <laughs> trivia fashion here, I want to go through some of those points of I think this is fascinating. So first off, what is the G-force that drivers pull when launching from a standing start? How many G's? From a standing, from a standing start? Standing I'm going to say like, I'm going to say like 15, 20 G's. Oh, no, 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 nothing that outrageous. No. no okay. 
No. In that case, it's probably like five six G's, five six. Yeah, it's actually still not quite that. That's that's still actually quite high if you think about it. Five six G's is, is a lot. So yeah, but that's going to be in corners. Like I wouldn't think the standing start is super spectacular. Yeah. But I think in the core high speed turns, that's where it's going to get interesting. Yeah. Or of course, if you have if you have a shunt and you go right. off into a wall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recently did read a stat with the maximum amount of documented G-forces ever experienced by a Formula 1 driver who survived it. It was like 180 Gs or something crazy. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember the name or the year, so wow. don't quote me on it. But it was like... It was enough to where I thought, eh, that can't be right. You can't survive that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't find anything quite that high, but I do have that topic here in a moment. But standing start, okay. final answer, what you got? Um, I'll, I'll go with three. Three Gs. Three Gs. It's actually two. But two, okay. two is still one of the highest in motorsports. Most, oh, like wow. if you think about it, it's the force of, it's twice the force of gravity. And that's, that is quite a lot if you, if you think about it. It's, yeah. Most, motorsports don't have that kind of force just from a standing start. So that's... Yeah. Well, there, there used to be an old trick that people did back in the day, you know, muscle cars where you would put a $20 bill or $100 bill on the dashboard and kind of secure it and tell the guy... If you, you know, once I hit the gas pedal, if you can grab that hundred dollar bill, it's yours. <laughs> and, and nobody could ever, you know, you got 10 seconds and nobody right. could ever lean up fast enough to grab it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so then, yeah. uh, what about breaking at the end of a straight? So what's, Ooh. and, and this is, again, this is some straights cause some are longer than others. So this is up to a certain G-force range. Yeah. So you're doing maybe at the most 210, 215 in the straight, and then you're coming down to a hairpin would be the worst case scenario. So you're shaving off all that speed as quickly as possible. Um, I, I think that could take you into the three to five range, five range. I'll say five. Yeah, it's it's up to six. So typically okay. Okay. I would assume, you know, four to five-ish, and, and it can be up to six. But what was crazy about this is that one G, so the entire, like, the regular gravitational pull of the Earth comes right. from just lifting off of the throttle. Hmm. They get one G of, of force pulling them forward effectively just from getting off the throttle before they even hit the brakes. So Aren't we always under one G? <laughs> no, I mean forward, not down, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then corners, you guessed this a, a minute ago, and that's typically in... Uh, sustained throughout high speed corners is in the four to five G range, depending on the corner. So no, I would have thought it'd been higher. I would have thought we were approaching eight, nine G's in corners. Yeah, not quite. That's, I guess, more okay. like fighter plane or f fighter pilot uh, territory. <laughs> yeah, but. right, right. All right. And then so then when it comes to fitness itself, what muscles in their body do you think drivers need to build strength in the most? What would you guess? Well, other than just basic cardio for the endurance of a race, I would think um, I've always thought like hands, wrist and neck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cause your, okay. your hands are constantly on the wheel and your forearms, you know, that kind of thing. You know, there's not a lot of room in the cockpit. So legs are fairly useless. I would think, <laughs> you know, other than just, you know, hitting the pedals, but the neck is the one you hear all about. You know, the people with the sore neck and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, neck is definitely top of the list. Uh, but you also have okay. to think about your arms aren't strapped in and your legs aren't strapped in. And those okay. are going through the same G-force. And when you're doing that, 
you're also having to fiddle mm. with dials on the wheel and everything else. So like you, you right. need to work those muscles as well. So it's, it is neck, arms, core, and legs. So like your core is like mm. your, all the muscle groups in your torso that kind of keep everything oh, yeah. working together. So yeah. I think we all know core these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the legs is actually very important because the brake pedal is entirely the left leg and the gas is entirely wow. the right. But the, the brake pedal is, I couldn't find an exact number, but it's some outrageous amount of force you have to press with your, just with your left leg. Well, Hey, I'll I'll give you a piece of trivia you probably don't know. <laughs> okay. You're related to somebody who drove a passenger car that way. Right foot on the gas, left, oh, foot, on the, left foot on the brake. That pedal. would have been my grandma, your your mom. You're, yes. My mom, you're right. Yes. She drove like a race car driver. <laughs> yes, I, I remember hearing stories, yes. <laughs> and she drove pretty quickly, too. You know, God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> That's so never... funny. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, at any rate, so they they need a, a very strong left leg in particular to okay. to press the brake pedal. And then the another trivia question is, how many times per race do they press the brake pedal? And this is this is an upper limit. It's up to this much. Uh, per race? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say up to. I don't know. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I, you know. Let me do the math here. Hold on. I got to think this out. So one lap, you're going to hit the brakes maybe, I'd say at the most, 30 times. And so if you have a 50-lap race, that's 30 times 50. So that's going to be like, what, 1,500? <laughs> no, 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 no. Three times five. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I'll say 1,500. Yeah, that's a bit a bit high. But yeah, it's it's... Quoted as up to 1200 times. So you're in the ballpark. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's still, it's quite a lot. And you got to think about that 1200 times your left leg is pressing something that is incredibly hard to press. So, well, and that was, did they, did they, did you come across how the force, like foot pounds that it takes to slow a car like that down? Yeah. So the best I could figure, best I found is that it was quoted at around 350 pounds of pressure. But I couldn't get that actually verified, so I don't know if that's okay. like the upper limit under extreme braking conditions, or if that's an average. I'd have a hard time thinking that's an average, but either way, that's that's pretty. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a whole lot. In of other force. words, it's it's like trying to stop. You know, like I doubt anybody, hardly anybody, remembers cars without power braking assist, right? Where, but I've driven cars like that, and it required a lot more pressure on your foot to stop the car. I yeah. imagine it's more like that. Yeah, I imagine so. But you're also got to think that you're coming at the end of a straight a lot of times, and so that the G forces can help you. Plus, you have like leverage, and you get to press on like the back of the seat and stuff to help get the pressure. But still, like 350 pounds, that seems like a lot. So yeah. I don't know, but. Yeah. At any rate, interesting. Yeah. So then, last bit of trivia here is why cardio is so important. What is their heart rate during the race? And it's like kind of an average over the course of the race. Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Because you've got okay. So I'm going to think this out because you're you know you're not doing as much manual shifting clutching as you were you know when they're not doing that they're paddle shifting nowadays. Mm -hmm. So heart rate, like what are they doing that would drive their heart rate up? I would think. Yeah. You know, t to some degree, there's going to be, you know, your alertness is probably going to increase that to a degree. Resting heart rate for a fit person, you know, there's somewhere in the 50 to 65 beats per minute range. 
So I'm going to say their average heart rate during a race is probably around, you know, at the most 90, but I'm going to guess like 75, 80. If it's like 110, I'll be surprised. But Well, so uh, here's a slight uh, variance in your logic here. The okay. According to the Mayo Clinic, so I looked this up. According to the Mayo Clinic, a normal resting yeah. heart rate for an adult male is between 60 and 100 BPM. Uh. But, but crucially, for a well-trained athlete, which these guys are definitely, a resting heart, a resting heart rate can be as low as 40. Okay. So if their normal resting heart rate is, say, let's say between 40 and 60, 70, what would it be under strain of exertion? is kind of the the question. I would guess these guys are fit. I I still put them in the 50 to 60 range for resting heart rate. So I'm I'm and I'm you know, I think at the upper limit I'll give a wide range. I think it's maybe 80 to 110. I'd be surprised if it's over 100. I see I also would would think that, but apparently from what I from what I found from motorsport is where I'm getting this. So get take it up with okay. them. They've said that heart rates can average over 170 BPM. What? Which I think is outrageous, but apparently that's the case, which is crazy. And that's not just any racing, that's Formula 1. That's Formula 1 specifically. Wow. Yeah. I I you know, I I'll take you know, like their word for it yeah. for now, but I'm surprised if that's the case. I'll take their word for it, but that's it is surprising. Cuz yeah, 170 BPM over for like an hour and a half, like every other week, that's a lot, dude. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So yeah. No, because I I measure my heart rate regularly and I've always had a low resting heart rate. I'm yeah. always in the high fifties to mid sixties. Yeah. Yeah, I know it can be high. I know up to ninety is normal for, you know, people and stuff like that. Yeah. But mine's always been a little lower for whatever reason. Yeah. And um and I just but I know when you when you exercise it goes up, which is a good thing. Yes. You know? But <laughs> But that I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was too. But so, so what about their fitness and their food and like how many calories a day are these people eating? I, you know, based on I imagine it changes on race weekends. Yeah, are they like runners where they carb load before a race, or <laughs> you know, what what goes on with these guys? Yeah. So I again, I couldn't really find any firm answers on this just because okay. their diets vary. There's kind of themes throughout their diets and, and we'll get onto that a little bit later on. Okay. But as far as like carb loading and stuff, I didn't see anything about that. So I'm going to say probably okay. not, but okay. you know, maybe, maybe like Kimi Raikkonen did cause he seemed to do whatever he wanted anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to say, are there exceptions yeah. to this rule? Yeah. <laughs> He's probably the last one yeah. other than James Hunt. We know that he had no rules. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was the guy who was, uh, <laughs> I remember, man, this is so funny. I remember there was one race that was like completely rained out, but the drivers were all still in their car under red flag stuff. They were like in the pits or something. But yeah. like Kimi Raikkonen decided like immediately, he's like, yeah, this race isn't going to resume. And he just got out of the car and like nobody really noticed <laughs> until one of the camera crews found him in like normal clothing in the Ferrari like back room area where he had an ice cream sandwich and he was eating that. And they broadcast yeah. that on the rain on the track, <laughs> like big screens. And like all the drivers are sitting in there pouring rain in their cars and they see Kimmy Raikkonen eating an ice cream <laughs> sandwich in t-shirt and shorts. Yes, doing. exactly. Okay. Morons. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
Anyway, I love that guy. Oh, I love I miss Kimi Raikkonen. My favorite thing is he was walking through the paddock before a race, and a and a um, reporter goes, uh, "Hey, Kimi, can I ask you a question?" He goes, "Uh huh," and then he turned and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, they asked. <laughs> you could, said, yes, but I want to answer it. Is, it. Yeah, yeah you ask anything you want, but I'm not stopping to talk to you. <laughs> Oh man! But he had that kind of wry smile on his face, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just instantaneous, you know. And I yeah. thought, oh, I love that guy. He's such a yeah. rebel. <laughs> yep. All right. So, what other big reason do drivers need to be physically fit for? Something that happens fairly frequently, not every race, but on average, a couple of times a year. Well, I would think if they have an accident, the the healthier they are, the the easier they're going to endure it. Absolutely. Yep. Crashes. Oh, yeah. High speed okay. crash impacts can be upward of 40 G's. Mm. Some of the worst have been over 70 with Robert Kubitz's accident from the 2007 Canadian Grand Prix. Yeah. Registered at 75. OK, I'm going to think that 180 was BS then that I talked about earlier. Probably. I don't think that would Probably. Be survivable. Maybe it was like 108 or something. Yeah. I also remember Max Verstappen's Silverstone crash where Ooh, yes. Hamilton hit him on the inside back in 21. That was, I think, 71 G's or maybe 68 G's. It was somewhere in that 70 range. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I remember that was a tough one. Yeah, you, the old heart, the old ticker could only take so many like quick instant forces. I know that. Yeah, yeah, for Smith real. Busters used to do, they used to monitor their test dummies for things like that. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. One other thing I wanted to note is there was a period where they were kind of going nuts with being as light as possible for the drivers to be as light as possible. Yes. And that yes. ended in 2019 when a minimum weight requirement was in introduced of 176 pounds, which to me is like, man, only 176. That's that's nothing. But for these guys, they're typically quite thin and not usually very tall. So that's that's like kind of normal. For that's them. the minimum weight of each driver for a driver. Yeah. If they come in less than that, they have to add ballast to their like Oh, their oh okay, because I know there's drivers that don't weigh 176 pounds. I've weighed... Yeah, like Yuki Sonoda, I'd imagine it comes in lower than that. But... I would think Lewis doesn't even weigh that much. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, I bet he's in the 155, 160 range. Yeah, maybe. But they, they would have to add ballast, basically, to their own yes. like jumpsuit or whatever to meet that okay. requirement. But so One driver, okay. though, in particular, that had a big problem with this at that point in time was Nico Hulkenberg. He's six foot uh, and he's yeah. lanky and he's of a larger build than most of the other guys. He's not like fat or anything or even particularly right. stocky, but he's just bulkier by by nature than most of the rest of the drivers. So and there was a maximum weight is what you're getting at. Well, it was more so that he potentially I found an article back from 2013 that theorized that his weight could be preventing him from getting picked up by Ferrari at the time. Uh. And they ended up going with Kimi Raikkonen at that point in time rather than him. And I just think that if that was the deciding factor, that really sucks. It there was not yeah. clear whether or not that was. I imagine it wasn't the deciding factor. But if his weight played into the, the calculation, that really sucks. Right. I could see that, though. You yeah. Know, like if you have a heavy car. Yeah. And you would not want a heavy driver. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because there was a there was a minimum weight limit, I think, for the car uh, that was introduced at the time where I don't think that was 
really a thing okay. prior to that. And so everybody was like, ah, we got to, you know, we got to get as light as possible. We got to get as light as possible. And that includes yeah. the driver. But uh, in 2019, they added that 176 pounds. But that's for the driver and the seat. So they, ah. you know, that that includes the seat as well. But OK, well, you know, you look at jockeys like horse jockeys for horse racing. Those guys, I mean, they're very small and extremely thin. Yes. Oh, yeah. And to to the point of where there's been guys that have, I think, had severe health problems or even deaths mm. from being from not weighing enough and not eating enough food. Yeah. Well, what's speaking of that was something that Hulkenberg actually went through was he he suffered from lack of sleep, among other issues, him and a couple other yeah. drivers during that period where they were just emaciated and they yeah. they were not able to live at a normal healthy weight for them because of the pressure from their team. And thankfully that didn't last for very long. And it was due to complaints from drivers like Hulkenberg that, that brought in the minimum weight requirement. But at any rate, I thought that was an interesting note. There was a period from roughly 2013, 14 to 2019 where that was, that was not good. So, well, frankly, that there's, this is more information than I thought, you know, I mean, I didn't know they did all that. So I pay attention more to the cars and technical regs and engine sizes than, you know, and I just would, I wouldn't think they focus this much on things like driver weight. You know, I I know know. the way the drivers after every race. So I know there's, the drivers have to weigh a certain amount, but yeah. Yeah. What's, what's funny though, is I remember seeing video of like Nigel Mansell and he is like a portly British guy. And I just thinking like, there's no way he would be allowed to race today because like (laughs) he's just a large dude. I mean, he wasn't fat at all at all. He was athletic, but he was just a large dude. And it was just like, people would bypass him in a heartbeat today because he probably weighed a lot more than everyone else. Well, and I'll tell you what was interesting. I do remember some races where he finished and just would, I always thought it was a little, you know, I wondered if it was a little dramatic, maybe not, but he would like act like he passed out in the cockpit or couldn't get out of the car. Oh yeah. And it kind of, you know, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, during a really hot race or something, mm. but maybe those that was before they had drinks going into the cars and things like that. Maybe. Yeah, because that and is definitely cool, a feature and now and things. Yeah. 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 But what's interesting is not every driver likes to have the the water system, the drink system in their car. Uh, I know. Really? Uh, is it Lando Norris? I think said that he doesn't like it because the fluid literally sits right on top of your stomach. And he says it, it makes him nauseous. And so he he won't race with it. So I just I think that's interesting. I know a lot of drivers will like having it, uh, but yeah, but not all of them will take it. So, well, I notice when I when I go long distance motorcycle riding, I always keep like a I take the bladder from a camelback and I put it in my tank bag. Oh, yeah. And I stick the uh, tube up underneath my full face helmet and mm. keep it kind of next to my cheek so I can grab it whenever I want and take a sip if it's in the summertime. Yeah, yeah. And but I also tend to I tend to tense up my core when I ride motorcycles. I've noticed that. Like I'm just kind of like you know like there you know, like in case something happens. I don't. I'm not totally relaxed ever. And um and I know that the, the times I've drank the most is when it's like 
literally i i think the hottest weather i ever rode in was like 115 that's an extreme oh, wow. example yeah that was out in the desert but but if it's if it's 105 108 109 yeah i'll go through i could drink a gallon of water and never have to go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah yeah because you're sweating so in between much. gas stops you know yeah and you're just sweating in a way you know because i'm wearing a motorcycle suit at the same time right but, yeah but otherwise i don't drink as much as i would think i do even if i'm out for a day and sometimes i have to remind myself okay you need to drink or you'll get dehydrated but yeah yeah, yeah. I, I so i can kind of see where he's getting at but then again he should be replacing fluids because mm-hmm. dehydration is is a whole nother sub you know like a health subject that a lot of people are perpetually dehydrated it's not healthy true yeah yeah i remember seeing that interview at one point during this past season and i don't recall whether or not it was but like i i'd imagine that for something like singapore where it's extremely hot and extremely humid even lando norris might want to take the drink in that race but i don't know that i don't know that that was mentioned so who knows but well, I, I do remember now that we're talking about this, there were a couple of drivers, not all of them, but there were a few, I think Daniel Ricardo included, that were, they moved their exercise bicycles into a, a sauna. Oh, yeah, sauna, that was uh, Carlos Sainz did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple of them did. Yeah, yeah. And because they wanted to sweat, yeah, you know, they wanted to feel the humidity as they were under pressure, uh, you yeah, know, under the higher heart rate and stuff. Yeah. Um, just as a way of preparing for that particular race, you know, very interesting. Yeah. So now that you mention it, then what exactly do the driver's fitness programs look like? And, and so for that, it's again, every driver's program is a bit different suiting the driver. Right. But most of them are fairly similar. And they're typically from what I found, they're typically based around like gym work, basic kind of gym work, but just in particular ways. OK, so. Another thing is like most drivers just really quickly here. Most drivers have their own their own personal personal trainer. Yes. And they will tailor their their exercises based around them. But I as an example, uh, I'm sure you've seen Hamilton's trainer, the kind of short blonde woman that's oh, like yes. always in, yeah, around him. She's uh, she that she kind of takes care of all of his needs, like waking him up to yep. go to the track. She'll drive him. He yeah. doesn't have to think about anything. For some reason, I I can't keep every time I see her, I just think of her as his Sherpa. That's, <laughs> I, I mean, kind of. Like, I I forget her name. It's like Angela. Or something it's Angela. Like that, it's but... Angela Cullen is her name. Yeah, but I I just go, oh, there's there's Lewis's Sherpa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I did see a uh, couple of quotes from Lewis talking about her, and he was basically just like, yeah, we're actually good friends. We're very closely yes. aligned in what you know and what we like to do, and and she's like there. Even like during COVID where they had to be very restrictive of who they interact with, Angela right. was always around Lewis just because she helps him with like everything every day, basically. And she's like so, his race wife. Kind of, yeah. Or or like his race mom. Like mom more likely. Tells yeah. tells him everything to do. <laughs> yeah. And But I think that's smart on Lewis's part. It is. Because he's freeing his mind up from not having to remember all these details. He can focus on the race. So, Absolutely. And it obviously has worked over time. So yeah. good for him. Yeah, and what was really funny is that he even mentioned that she, they've, her, he and her have done stuff like skydiving and surfing and stuff, and I just think that's really funny. <laughs> so, wow. 
So yeah, I think she's from New Zealand, if I remember something like that. Uh, I don't recall, but yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, but she's. I know she was involved in uh, an Olympic sport of some type, and then that kind of parlayed into she was one of a group of people they brought in for all the F1 drivers to have access to, and then. But Lewis and her really hit it off, and he just wound up hiring her exclusively, and you know, and it's been a success story for them ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it looks like she is definitely from New Zealand. Yeah, I I remembered that somewhere. You know, useless trivia that yeah, forget. (laughs) I think she's married with three kids, and kind of you know, like she has a life outside of F one. But anyway. Yeah, it looks like she wasn't an athlete personally, or maybe... No, she was just a physiotherapist supporting the British Olympic team is where she was. So I thought she, she did compete in something. It might not have been Olympic. Maybe. Or at least the article I read claimed that. Who knows? Sure, yeah. At any rate. But yeah, but yeah, she but she knows a lot about the subject, yeah. and she's very useful to Lewis, or he would find somebody else, right. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so then... What do their exercises actually look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's get to okay. it. This is what I've been so, wanting to hear. Like, what what are they doing? The weirdest part? one <laughs> is their neck exercises. Okay. And I'm sure you've seen this in Drive to Survive, if you've seen that, where basically they'll have, like, resistance bands that they tie around, yep. not tie, but they loop around their head, and they'll, like, pull to the side a lot and stuff. And they'll just, they'll, they have, they do various workouts with those resistance bands, though some of them will use weighted helmets instead, but I think mm. most of them tend towards the resistance bands and they'll, they'll work out different muscle groups around their neck. But what's an, another interesting point of trivia, how much weight can an F1 driver lift with their neck muscles only? What would average be for a non F1 driver? Oh, I don't let's, know. Maybe let, let, let's guess a baseline. Um, a baseline, I'd guess 20 to 30 pounds for a normal male, okay. maybe for an average person. Okay. Let's just assume that could be wrong, but let's could be wrong. Yeah. That's a total guess. If that's our baseline, I would think they're doing like 50 pounds. I would think they're doubling that easy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's 40 kilograms, which is just over 88 pounds. Wow. That's almost, no, that's almost a hundred. I mean, that's like 90 or something. That's a lot of pounds. According to Google conversion rates, it's just over 88 pounds. So it's like. Yeah, that would be 88. So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's pretty wild that they can lift that like 90 pounds basically with just their neck. (laughs) Wow. That's without strain. You know, you know, what's interesting about this is I, I do know, and, and other motorcycle guys have talked about this, but at the beginning of the season, if I'm doing a lot of riding, I, I'll get like a tension muscle ache in the, the trapezius on one, one, one oh, side yeah. of my neck, neck or the other that goes down to like the collarbone. Mm-hmm. And it goes away over time. But, you know, so I should probably be doing some type of similar neck strengthening before I actually get on the helmet than I won't have to ride yeah. with Anvil. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> yep. All right. And then so for arms, okay. they do lots of pull-ups, press-ups, bench press lifts, just kind of standard gym things just to keep their muscles toned. But why is it so important to work out your arms and shoulder muscles? And we hinted at this a little bit earlier, but it's basically steering is difficult work in and of itself. Yeah. But also messing with the dials during corners and stuff. I remember one onboard image of or, or video of I want to say it was at Suzuka in, I think, 2019, where it was Charles Leclerc and he was pulling a tear off 
It might not have been Suzuka. I don't remember, but it was a, it was like a high speed flat out left hand corner. Yeah. And he's pulling a tear off while he's going through the corner, which means he's steering through that corner with one right. arm. <laughs> and I was just like, man, how do you do that? But these guys, that's why they do this stuff is so that that is second nature and they don't have to think yeah. about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And another bit of trivia, just while we're talking about steering, do F1 cars have power steering? I would say no. I would think I would think it takes power to steer it, but I would think the FIA would say no, you're not having power steering. <laughs> that is from what I found, that is actually incorrect. They do have some amount of power steering. I imagine it's not as easy as like a road right. car. I imagine it's not like anywhere close, but they do have some form of power steering. And even Roman Grosjean was quoted when he was talking about the differences between F1 and IndyCar when he moved over to IndyCar uh -huh. is that he immediately appreciated power steering because Indy does not have power steering. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was very glad that he did all those workouts. So there's some form of power steering with the... Well, you would think with those gigantic slick tires, that would be really hard to turn. I mean, at high speed, not so yeah. much, but low speed, that would be a real pain. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, yep. And then so legs for leg exercises, they basically do a lot of like squats and deadlifts and, and for their calf muscles, which is more so what where the braking comes in. They do a lot of like box jumps and, and curls and stuff like that. Okay. But um, sorry, deadlifts are, are more important for the I have that as a note here. Okay. Deadlifts are more important for braking because it's sure. just so much muscle power that you need for that okay and so then uh the the core exercises are um a lot of basic things like planks and bridges and okay. stuff but sometimes i found this sometimes they'll they have this exercise where they'll sit on the ground and hold a weighted disc out in front of them like it's a steering wheel so they'll hold it with both hands ah. and then they'll they'll like mimic steering with it and sometimes they'll even like work side to side with their core and stuff and so, so, so um, yeah, so it's an interesting if somebody sees sees one of us uh, sitting on the ground, holding a 40 pound weight going. Yeah, <laughs> we're not just acting like children. We're we're exercising like a F1 yes. driver. Okay, yeah. okay, clearly it's now, clearly every guy listening yes. to this is going to do that in the next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And so then how many workout sessions per week do you think? they they undergo how many workout sessions per week you know what i would imagine maybe they take a day off like the day before a race that's like common in sports to give yourself a break like on the you know friday before the weekend or something but other than that i'd say they're working out five days a week and then they race on well i'd say four days a week aside from the race weekend that's that's that that's what i'm gonna go with. i think again this was kind of hard to find exact numbers so i think you're in the right ballpark okay. The difference is that they work out a lot more during the off season, oh, yes. ramping up to the start of the season. Yeah, right. off season would probably be six, seven days a week. Yeah, Bottas was quoted saying he works out over the winter like six days yeah, a week. That so, would be tip. I, I would yeah. expect that with one day off just for recovery. Yeah. But d during the race, you know, you're flying and stuff like that. But otherwise, yeah. And I would think that it, you might get Friday off before a race weekend, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure. And maybe just do some basic training, you know, something simple. 
Now, here's the other thing. You haven't mentioned cycling yet, and it seems like a lot of these guys ride bicycles. Is that is that a did you find that that was a common exercise? It is. Yeah, that was actually literally the next topic <laughs> <Okay>. was cardio. <laughs> so okay. I was the the prompt I had written down that you that you ignored that, that you didn't let me get to. <laughs> Sorry. Was that there was a big thing we've ignored, which is obviously cardio. Cardio is so, so important. Yeah. It's basically like running flat out for an hour and a half is, okay. is kind of how your body functions or, or, or treats it basically. And so a lot of cardio is, is very important for every driver, but what cardio workout they do is a hundred percent dependent on what the driver likes doing. So that makes for ex some examples is obviously cycling is very popular, but there's also things just like running, even just running. Sure. And rowing is also very very ah. popular. Um, Alonzo likes doing running as well as cycling. Okay. And in particular, Jensen Button, when he was racing, he was known for his love of triathlons. Yes. He would do that to keep himself fit. And I remember Sir Frank Williams in his younger, you know, before his accident, he ran. Yeah. He would run courses. He jogged at racetracks. Yeah. He was just known for it. That was his thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Grosjean was another interesting one that in the preseason, he loved doing cross-country skiing oh. to to keep his cardio up. So one thing I did notice was that the workouts before the season typically focused on building up muscle and the workouts during the season work are, are, are focused on maintaining the muscle and oh. maintaining a level of fitness. So. Now, here's a question. Do these guys take a break completely like right after the end of the season do they give themselves like a month or two or three weeks to just chill from what i've seen basically yeah they okay. they will just chill for a, a period of time and what that period is obviously it depends on the driver i imagine some of them probably don't take any time off from uh, working out yeah but so they, these guys are athletes in other words they're not they just are sitting in a car fully driving yeah the the modern yeah. formula one driver is an athlete like a football player baseball player you know in the sense that they work out regularly and they tailor it to the sport at hand yeah and that i think is the main point that i why i found this so interesting okay. and that thank you for for highlighting that because <laughs> It's so important to know is like, yeah, you'd think, oh, I could do that. No, you can't. <laughs> Even if you had all of the all of the 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 like in like the muscle twitch, like like reflexes to to do the act of the driving. It's like your body can't handle it. You're nowhere close to being able to handle what these guys go through every race. And I just think that is such a crucial point. These guys yes. are athletes. Yeah, they're, they're not just sitting in a in a cushy car, you know, going around in circles. They're full on workout like exertion. Like, yeah, it's it's insane. You know, that, so. that that's true for so many things in life. I, the people who are the best at what they do make it look so easy that other yeah. people think they could do it. <laughs> yes. If it yeah. looks hard, you're not good enough at it. You yeah. know. But it's true, you know, like, I'll, and, and the TV, I will have to admit, the TV um, skews things a bit. There's nothing Definitely. like seeing a sport in real life to get the impression for what's going on. Because you just don't get the 3D rendering of even how far, like, a baseball player can throw a baseball. You're like, oh, right. I, I could never throw that far in, in my best day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I remember the first time I saw Mike Trout. He's this big, huge, you know, power hitter with the Angels. 
And the first time I saw him in person, I, I just thought, eh, he looks like he's around 5'10", 5'11". Dude, the guy's like 6'2", 6'3", and he's built like a <laughs> wow. logger. The, I mean, wow. the guy's shoulders, like, how does he even fit in the batting box? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> he's just yeah. massive upper body strength. And, of course, that made him the power hitter that he is, you know. But when yeah. you... Um, I got to see him live, you know, at a game and a buddy of mine, uh, had some really good seats right, right behind home base, you know, in the diamond club area. And, and they were fantastic seats, but you're right there and you could go like, Hey Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you see how huge these guys are. And then I'm like, you know, I'm this five ten guy and it's like, yeah, I'd have no chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty impressive to yeah. see that. So that's, that is something I wanted to drive the point home about but what other aspect then just to kind of wrap things up there's two more aspects to fitness that we haven't covered yet one of them we hinted at earlier which is diet but what's the other one uh well oh you know what i think it would be uh coordination like eye hand coordination like fast reflexes reflexes Something okay, so there's three things we haven't mentioned up <laughs> until this point. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I get one and I lose one. <laughs> <laughs> so other than reflexes and diet, there's another one is what you're saying. Yes, and it's something that is often ignored by everyone ever, and it's terrible, and people need to get better okay. at this. Is this maybe um, sleep? It is sleep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, Nico Rosberg, when he was racing, he he hired a specialist specifically to help him manage all of the jet lag from going from all these other places. Oh, and he said that. Right. Yeah. And he, one of the things that he was very clear about and that he said a lot was that getting the right amount of sleep at the right times was so important that he attributed a lot of his success to that, to getting the right amount of sleep at the right time. And since he started doing that, most of the other drivers, maybe even all of them, have picked up, uh, basically have started to do the same thing or similar things. Yeah. Jet lag is no, that's no joke. It's a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Especially when you travel, like these guys go from America to Europe. And I always wonder, like, how do they look so fresh the day of the race? Other than the fact that they're young. Yeah. But this is why it is a young man's sport. You can, if you had to, yeah. get by on less sleep. But, you know, the, yeah, I know one time I spent almost three weeks in a time zone that was 11 hours different than my hometown. Whoa. So everything was almost exactly reversed by 12 hours. And when I got home, it's like I was sleeping from, I was going to bed at eight o'clock at night. And I never do that, you know. Wow. I'm, I'm like a midnight guy, you know, 1 a.m. Yeah. So. And then, you know, my wife's going, what is wrong with you? Are you sick? (laughs) It's like, no, I'm just used to being 11 (laughs) hours different, you know? Yeah. And of course that didn't last, but. Right. But it was. You'll uh, you'll adjust back. Yeah. It's. Yeah. So they, but no doubt in, in, you know, with considering how much they do it. Yeah. They have strategies for dealing with jet lag. That, That might be interesting to look into. Did you happen to come across any specific strategies for jet lag? Uh, not really. No, okay. there's. Well, that, that it, it was kind of hard at. to get hard data about some of these things, and that's yeah. one of them because it's. If there was, it would be that would just kind of be interesting to know, or maybe they just maybe it's something where it's different for everybody. But you know, it's yeah, it seemed to be. But at any rate, so yeah. Lastly, diet. Okay. What What do you think F one drivers eat? Well, 
you know, I I I have this like this imagination that they're perpetually hungry. <laughs> and and which would mean like they're on a sub 2000 calorie a day diet, but that's probably not true based on all the exercise I'm hearing. I'm I'm thinking they limit it to 2500 to 3000 calories if they're working out, but my guess is they eat pretty lean, you know, I'm thinking they have like greens and protein based diet with minimal carbs these days that's seems to be the best way to keep weight off so i'm gonna guess it's something like that yeah well you know pretty close okay the only thing is though that's actually quite interesting is that in all the things that i looked up and maybe i'm just blind and didn't see this part right but from (laughs) what i found yeah they didn't seem to limit the amount of calories or the amount of the food that the driver could eat it seemed like it was just kind of a you eat until you're full kind of thing. And how, because of how much they're exercising and because of what they're eating, it ends up balancing out. And basically, so here's, here's basically what you'll get. Here's, here's a breakfast for you. Okay. Perfect. This is what I've been wanting to know. All right. So first off, you've got some scrambled eggs and some fish. Interesting. And then you have a very limited amount of coffee. A very limited amount of coffee. Okay, I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then you've got some oats and some vegetables, and that's your breakfast. Vegetables at breakfast? Come on. I know. Get a a (laughs) one-meal break. I know. Mm. Okay, okay, but that sounds like a good, that sounds like a healthy breakfast that would be satiating. Yep. All right, and then for lunch, you've got some kind of meat, so like poultry or fish, typically leaner meats, so like poultry or fish. Okay. And then you've got some veggies, again, and some quinoa or rice. Okay. And that's your that's your lunch. And then for dinner, you've got salad and more vegetables, and then, again, some kind of like fish or something, and sometimes you'll have a treat of like a sweet potato mash type of, type of dish. Wow. Yep. <laughs> And then what time do yep. they eat? What time do they eat their bowl of ice cream before bed? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're Kimmy Räikkönen, it's any time you want. <laughs> Only if there's bourbon poured on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then for snacks, guess what they have for a snack? Uh, well, uh, snacks are probably I I'm, I'll guess um, beef jerky or something like that. I don't know dried beef. I you know it, either that or like an energy bar. Yeah, so it's pretty much just like a protein shake. Oh, okay. <laughs> or or some like Greek yogurt mixed in with with some like oats or and nuts and seeds mixed in. Uh, so I don't know if I want to be an F one driver anymore. <laughs> I know. Like what was sad to me looking through all this, I was like, wait, no bread product. Oh no! I I haven't even heard you mention hot dog, hot dog or hamburger yet. I'm I'm, I'm I still know. waiting. <laughs> I know. I can have smoked salmon for breakfast. That's I've done. You know, I'll do that yeah. occasionally for periods of a, a time. Yeah, I, that's I can not so bad. That, but gee whiz. Yeah. <laughs> so at nighttime, you're not eating your a two pound steak or anything. No. <laughs> And and sitting on the couch watching TV with a bowl of ice cream. That's that's not the life of an F1 driver. (laughs) None of us should be doing that. And then then obviously lots and lots and lots of water. They got to keep themselves very hydrated. But again, this is very important to note here. I want to really emphasize this. Not all drivers follow this exactly, right? This is just a rough kind of mishmash of roughly what they eat. Okay. And notably, Lewis Hamilton, which we've probably mentioned before, 
Lewis Hamilton switched to an entirely plant-based diet in 2018. Yeah, he's vegetarian. We haven't talked about that yet, but he is. He's said that it's made him a lot more alert and quicker to recover from races and whatnot. And so he's he's very much a fan of that. But that said, I also did find that some, well, an article that I read quoted this. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But some experts believe that going vegan or going vegetarian can actually be detrimental for athletes. So it's oh, yeah. not exactly like a settled science, but yeah. it's probably one of those things. It's just dependent on the individual. So it's like well, vegan and, ve- and, and vegetarian are two completely different things, really. I mean, true. Yeah. yeah. Vegan is where you're not even eating eggs or honey or anything. Right. That has right. Anything to do with an animal. But, you know, or or no cheese or to, to that point. It, I didn't see that Lewis was vegan. It was just that no, he's got a plant based no, diet. Yeah. So, yeah. But at any rate, it seems to be working for him and whether or not it will work go. for everyone is is, you know, remains to be seen. I would doubt that it would work for everything because people are so different. But for Lewis, it works. So, you know, good for him. This this is why he has that personal trainer that never leaves his side. She makes right. sure that no one ever fries bacon anywhere near. Her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would put an exactly. end to the whole thing. Right exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, that's that's all I got. So I thought all of that was just really fascinating. And I wanted to share that with you. Yeah. No, that is. It's an aspect of Formula One we've never talked about. Yes. And again, just to emphasize, these guys are like full fledged athletes, just like, you know, cross cross country skiers and and bicyclists like your your Tour de France guys, though. I guess maybe I shouldn't have brought that up because most of those guys are on steroids. But <laughs> oh, come on now. at any rate. Anyway. Right. Well, um, I I it's your turn in the hot seat and I'm ready ah, with okay. some trivia for you. All right. What you got for me? Okay, so I like this much better than being in the hot seat. <laughs> So this room, this exercise reminded me of a game I used to play with my kids and other kids. Is oh boy, I, okay, and the game was like okay, without looking, who, which president is on the penny, which is on the nickel, which is on the dime. Okay, you know, okay. kids handle change all the time, and it was. I remember one of my kids, uh, you know, Peter. He always knew the presidents, and some of the other kids were like, I don't know, I've never paid attention. You know, like <laughs> who's on the ten dollar bill? You know, yeah, and who's on the one? You know, and stuff like that. So, um. And and so anyway, it's just kind of an interesting thing. So in that spirit, and I've tried to remove, uh, since we're American, I've tried to rem- not. I'm not going to cover companies that that I doubt you've heard of. There may be okay. one or two in here, just to you know that I couldn't help because I wasn't. Oh sure. boy, okay. But here, here I have some trivia questions for you based on sponsors. And which oh, no. team? <laughs> no, I here's, thought that might be coming. Here's what's gonna, uh, you can't. You got to shut your computer off. I've got to. I'm not okay. Hands because, off the keyboard. Um, okay, okay. Because here's the thing. What what I mean is that you've seen these cars. You've watched these uh-huh. cars for hours and hours and hours and hours, and you've seen various logos on various cars. Oh no! And now I'm gonna find out if you actually retained that information. So <laughs> this is my own. Okay, personal. as an aside. 
this is brilliant and yeah. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> this is my own personal study to see whether or not sponsorship works in Formula One. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I, I, I don't think you're a significant test group of you, but <laughs> we're going to Yeah, who's the out. control group here? Okay. Yeah. Now, the first one that you probably haven't heard of, but I'll give you a hint. It's The company is called Orlin, O-R-L-E-N, and their logo is just some lines, you know, very simple lines, but it 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 shows the head of like a bird of prey, like a raptor, like a hawk or something. Okay. And that logo is prominent on which team? Okay. Is this current or historic? Current. These are all pretty current. All there, current. There might okay. be a, one or two that are off, but it was the best I could find. It was a, you know, it was the most recent information, but it might be a year off. But we'll, we'll just pretend it's current. Okay. Uh, I genuinely have no idea. I'm going to guess uh aston martin i have no idea if you don't know you don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's alfa romeo okay alfa okay okay now here's castrol you know castrol their oil they're big they we all know their logo with the green ball on the left side and the white background which team is sponsored by castrol i feel like i should know this you should (laughs) i really should you're gonna hit yourself when you realize ah i'm yeah i'm going to i i oh man (laughs) I'd have to completely guess, but I know I know I'm gonna know it once you say it. It's <laughs> let me say uh I'm leaning towards like Red Bull Haas or Williams, but I, I don't know. Is it any of those? No. <laughs> okay, then I have no idea. No it's idea. it's Alpine. It's Alpine. Oh I, they popped in my head. Why didn't I go with that? <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Here's another one. Duracell. Common common thing. Batteries. Duracell. Duracell. That's gonna be Aston Martin. It's Williams. <laughs> Williams, oh, come on. <laughs> now, here's one I don't know if you've heard of, but it's called Ineos. I-N-E-O-S. Oh, Ineos. Uh, is that Mercedes? It is. Hey, hey ding, ding, let's ding, go. Ding, ding. Let's All go. All right, so you're, you're not going to get skunked. Okay. And, and, I didn't, and I didn't think you would because there are a few in here that are going to be like, okay, I know that. Okay, Dell. Okay. Dell Computers. Dell, I want to say that's Williams. Uh Think about is Dell what? Where's Dell located? Okay, then Haas. I don't know. Well, close, but it's McLaren. <laughs> McLaren. Okay, McLaren's British. Come on. Yeah, I know, but they have an you know the American principles or the yeah two, yeah two that's principles. true. That's okay, true. Flexbox. What is it? Flexbox. I thought you Flexbox? might know. It sounded like a gaming thing to me. I've never heard of that in my life. Okay, well, I that's... mean maybe in passing as a sponsor, but I have no idea. Okay, that's Alphatart. Okay. Okay. Now here's a big sponsor that you should know, and this is Cognizant. They're a, they're Cognizant. the primary sponsor of what team? Cognizant. I want to say it's uh, Aston. It is Aston Martin. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Qualcomm Snapdragon. Oh, geez. Okay. I've seen that before. Is yeah. that also McLaren or is that? <sighs> this is fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Next, I, don't I, know. I am going to go through change after this. No. Oh no! <laughs> Who's on uh, the I'm, no, uh, oh, it's Ferrari. I'm gonna go McLaren. Ferrari, is Ferrari. Ferrari? Okay, Qualcomm okay. Snap. Okay, there's now this you may not know, but it is. It's called one in one with the number one, the digit one, and an ampersand and another. Oh one. man! Again, I know this one. I've seen it all <laughs> over the place, yeah. and I just can't tell you where. Uh, hold on, one and one. That's going to be Haas. It is Haas. Very good. Hey, I know go, you're going to get go. the next one. So this, will, right. so you have the chance of getting three of these. 
Uh, Oracle. Oracle and Red Bolt. Yeah. yeah. If you don't get that one, I'm going to shoot you. Okay. <laughs> now, this one, it'll be interesting. BWT, it stands for Best BWT. Water Technology. Uh, that's that's uh, Alpine now. Yes. They were the Aston Racing Point sponsor, but they, okay. they now, followed here's... they followed uh, What's-His-Face over to uh, Otmar Zaffenauer, over to... Uh, yeah, they from... Um, Force India yeah, was BWT originally, I think. They've, yep, yep. Yeah, okay. Now, this one, it, a universal oil company, Shell Oil. Yeah. Oh, that's Ferrari. Easy. Yeah, very easy. Good. Okay. Easy. Uh, okay, <laughs> now here's one you should get, and it may drive you crazy if it, if you don't know it. Tag Heuer. Tag Heuer. Uh, Who do they is that also Is that also Mercedes? No, you're going to shoot yourself as Red oh, Bull no. Racing. Red Bull? No, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, ah. <laughs> now Ar- uh, Armaco or Ramco, however you say it, Armco, the you know the the safety fencing in Formula One. Yeah, who do they sponsor? I want to say Aston again. But it, it is might Aston. be. It is it's Aston. Aston. Okay. Yeah, okay. Very good. Cool, stop. Cool, cool. Stop there. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> so those are the ones I wrote down because they were you know mostly recognizable and I didn't get sure. all of them you know, but you know nice. it's just so. Pay attention to sponsorship. <laughs> There's, but it's it's funny we see these on cars every week. But I was curious to know, and I could I could have get I could have I probably would have done about as well as you on this. Yeah, <laughs> you know the Qualcomm yeah. I would not have got for Ferrari. Shell I would have you know. Yeah. Um, Oracle obviously for Red Bull Racing, but um, right BWT I probably would have got too. But tag here, yeah. I don't, I no, I yeah. would have thought it was one of the main teams, and yeah, and I didn't put all of them on there, like Patronus. I didn't mention, right, it, right. That's, that's like too it, obvious. Yeah, that's like yeah, <laughs> but it, or Petronus, but it's really Patronus, I think. But anyway, yeah. All right. Well, hey, that was that was cool. I like that. So there you go. There, there, I know, like that. So <laughs> pay attention to sponsors, and you know the sponsors. Uh, they are. You know they 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 they're supporting our teams that make this sport so much fun. So pay attention to them and maybe even buy their products if you can. <laughs> well, I do exclusively get gas at Shell, but I've done that for the past ten years before I was into F one. So, <laughs> well, there you go. So you're supporting Ferrari. Yep. So, <laughs> and now you're going to have to change. Um, no. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. And uh, hey, as far as hot seat questions go, if any of you out there are going, I've got one for him, or I have some trivia that would be interesting that these guys may or may not know, you can always contact us at dan at withmyuncle.com or matt, M-A-T-T, at withmyuncle.com. And we will use your hot seat questions in a future recording. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. So I guess that'll do it for us for today. So... We'll be back in one week's time with an as yet undetermined topic. But until then, thanks so much for listening and take care of yourselves.